0: But I'm going to my cell phone because on my cell phone tonight in our study, the title is The Reminders. On my cell phone, I have a little thing there, a little icon that says Reminders. I'm going to tell you what. Without these reminders, there'd be so much in my life that I miss. Someone comes up to me and says, hey, Pastor Rob, do this. You know what? Hold on. Got it. When I don't do this, I forget. Totally mess up. I had a brother of mine, friend of mine, called me up, and, and asked me to find out about giving some, getting, giving some suits from a person who he's doing a funeral for, passed away, to find out if they could, you know, if I know anybody want to take these suits. Guess what? I didn't put them a reminder. The Holy Spirit reminded me four days <laughs> later, and I actually <laughs> took care of it today, but without reminders, think about it. Without reminders, where would we be? I mean, me, one of the perfect reminders is, of course, The little light that comes on when you're running out of gas. I love that reminder. Hey, by the way, you put some gas in there. The reminders that come when you have a meeting. Reminders when you come when you have an appointment. And nowadays, of course, the doctor's offices are calling you, right? Calling to remind you that you have. And of course, tonight in our study, it's all about what I see here. in One verse tonight, chapter 3, verse 8. One verse. We're going to tear this verse apart. But the idea that Paul basically is saying, Hey, Titus, I want you to affirm constantly. Affirm these things. These, remind the people of these things. If you remember, of course, you know going back, that, that Paul had left Titus on the island of Crete to set things in order and to establish leadership, establish elders. And of course, you guys are the elders that we are working with. You guys are elders in training. And he instructs them on what the qualifications were for these elders. Just couldn't pop anybody in there. And of course, all the while he's warning Titus about the false teachers that have crept in, the Judaizers, the legalists, the ones who wanted circumcision to be adhered to. Um, They were teaching things that not ought to for dishonest gain, it sounds like the church today. And for reminder and review, of course, in chapter 2, We saw the plan for discipleship. These were the instructions that Paul had given to Titus on what to do and how to teach. Then we saw the pattern for Titus himself, right? To be an example of good works, the challenge we had for that. And then, of course, we saw the purpose for Jesus in chapter 2, the grace that brings salvation. And then jumping over to chapter 3, we had the response to grace, to walk properly as recipients of this grace and of course then the remembrance of grace and how God's love had changed our lives and the work that God had done in our lives and this grace that had come but tonight the reminders maintaining good works and I see this verse really is kind of like a recap a summation of what has already been said all the instructions that already been said that Paul is he's pointing back And he says here, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God, of course, the church, should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And of course, as we continue in these instructions to continue not to be moved, not to be swayed, not to be stirred off track by the false teachings, of course, that they would do what? In verse 9 of chapter 1, the theme for the whole year, they would hold fast to the faithful word. And brother, that's, that's what it's all about here tonight. That's what it's all about, this men's ministry, for us to hold fast. And one of the, the emphasis, one of the reasons for the emphasis, for even, even the, the bookmark that we've given you guys, every man, every day, how are you guys doing with that? Has this become the norm for you? are you in the place where you are in God's Word every day, every man, every day? And we see the importance of this. And really, the, the Word of God, to me, should be the most important thing that you are reading, the most important book that you're reading. Bible's got to be the one book you spend most of your time in. It's, it's the most important. It has life in it it has instruction it has correction it has reproof training in righteousness and it's not that you can't read other books of course but not to the exclusion of well you know i I had to read the wall street journal because of course the stock market and i'm going you know everything's going no i had to read. well i didn't have time for the bible did no bible first then do what you want as i said it before um, I believe, sad to say, that, that most people know more about sports, more about politics, know more about the stars, the media, all that's going on. They know more about the coronavirus than they do about the Word of God. They know more about their individual uh, workplace, what, what you're doing, And guys, for us, it's got to be the other way. And of course, again, preaching to the choir here on Tuesday night. You guys are here because you're men of the Word. You desire to be in the Word. And God's Word, of course, is that which is going to keep us from all these things. Keep us from getting caught up in the things of the world. Of course, Paul tells Titus, I want you to affirm constantly. He means to teach these things that I have spoken of often. And of course, brothers, we're going to hold fast to the Word of God. So... Number one, we're going to tear this verse apart. First thing he says, one of the things he says, this is a faithful saying. A little interpretation here. We got the observation, what was going on in the island of Crete, what, what Titus was instructed to do. Paul, of course, we know he sent this letter by Zenos and Apollos. And in this process, though, he says here, this is a faithful saying. And this is a, this is a phrase that Paul used five times. This is the fifth time he's used this phrase in, in his teachings. It means a trustworthy saying or a statement of special importance. This is a faithful saying. Paul uses it five times. Turn with me three pages to the left to the first time to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. We're going we're gonna to talk about these faithful sayings here. It's pretty awesome. I love this whole idea. And these... these He uses this phrase all through this teaching to Titus and Timothy, the the pastoral epistles. Verse 15 to 1 Timothy, chapter 1. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. What is that faithful saying? That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Faithful saying, one of the most important sayings and the reasons why Christ came to save sinners such as you and I. And then chapter 3, verse 1, right here. Again, he says, this is a faithful saying. What is that faithful saying? If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Someone who desires to serve God, to be used of God, is a good work. That's a faithful saying. That's a trustworthy, trustworthy statement. That is something worth noting. Turn the page to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9. Now, in this faithful saying, he's, he's pointing back. He's pointing upward. Verse 9, he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. What was that faithful saying? Verse 6, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. Now we're getting to to the meat of it. For bodily exercise profits a little, but here it is. But godliness is profitable for all things. That's the focus of this faithful saying based upon the context here. Godliness is profitable for all things. We're to exercise ourselves toward godliness. Having the promise of life that is now is and of that which is to come. Now, it's nothing wrong with going to the gym and exercises, bodily exercise profits. You know one thing that's kind of cool with this coronavirus deal. Gym is empty, man. It is empty, dude. It's like you got free reign in there. I own this place. That's my gym. You know I mean? <laughs> serious. There's like 50 people in the gym. I love it. Anyhow, going back to this faithful saying that here it is. Godliness is profitable for all things. Turn now to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. This is the fourth of these faithful sayings. And this is more of a, um, I like this whole idea. He's got, he kind of goes back and forth with this one here, but it's great words here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If, I love this one. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Verse 11, this is a faithful saying. Going back with me now to Titus, our passage. Verse 8 of chapter 3, this is a faithful saying. What is this faithful saying that he's talking about? What is this Special statement of of the statement of special importance. Well, he's referring to verses four through seven in our passage, and we're going to discuss this further later on in the study. But really, we we talked about this in the, the study the last time in the remembrance of grace. Verse four and five, we remember our present life how God saved us and changed us, that metamorphosis that took place. The salvation has come, you are born again. Verse six, we remember the power for this life. And that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us and then to come upon us when we ask and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which some of you guys did that night. In verse seven, we remember our promise for the future, the promise is eternal life, life forevermore, which is our inheritance as children of God, in the paradise of God and the place that he created. A week and a half ago, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday I was in um, Bozeman, Montana. Anybody been to Bozeman, Montana? Two people. Three people. Four people. Bozeman, Montana. Amazing place. Went to ski at Big Sky and skied over at uh, Bridger Bowl. Big Sky is one amazing ski resort. It was a beautiful day. I'm telling you what, in in Montana, they think that's paradise. I'll tell you what, though, not even close. Not even close to the paradise that we have for us guys. But the point is, we we're making here, this is a faithful saying, amen? This, this saying here in verse 4 through 7, this is a faithful saying. So you come across that, you read underline those in your Bible when you come back to them, when you're reading through, this is a faithful saying. Trustworthy, you guys. Something we can hold on to, something we can trust in with all of our hearts and minds. But then he says these things. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly. Well, what are these things? Paul uses this phrase four times in Titus, twice in our verse alone. He says it in chapter 2, verse 15, speak these things. He says it in chapter 2, verse 1, speak the things. What are the these things? These things, of course, in our passage, like I said, it refers to verse 4 through 7, this faithful saying. The other instances, though, speak of what is in chapter 2, verse 1, all the way through. And verse 15 is pointing back. So verse 1 is pointing forward. Verse 15 is pointing back to these things that Paul is talking about. And, of course, verse 1, what does he say? Verse 1, Paul exhorts Titus to instruct the believers. He says, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. And then he goes on to speak to the older men. He goes on to speak to the older women. He goes on to speak to the young women through the older women. He goes on to speak to the younger men as well. So these instructions for the believers, and the emphasis is really on how these believers should act towards each other in the church, and as a witness to those outside the church. These things that he's speaking about. And of course, in this idea of, of how we should live and act, these sayings, Paul is telling Titus, firmness constantly, remind them, remind yourselves, these sayings here, these instructions that I've given you, these are the things we're talking about. So he says these sayings, but what does he say about these sayings? Number three, I want you to affirm them constantly. Now, I like this. It's interesting, of course, different translation out there. Remember, this is New King James Version. But it means, of course, to speak constantly, obviously, but to make the constant subject of your preaching to others these things. This, this, this book, this letter here, these instructions, the truth of the gospel, the, the, the truth of who God is in his word, who Jesus is, these things to affirm constantly, because remember, the false teachings that were coming in and creeping in were teaching things that weren't right about Jesus. And that was part of his whole problem there. You got to go set things in order. There's a lot of things that are messed up. There's people believing in all kinds of things, smorgasbord religion, or my own brand of religion. Anybody meet meet anybody like that where they, you know, so what do you believe? Well, you know what? I believe that this and this and that and you can do this and that and this and they they got it all put together themselves and yet that's what a lot of people believe based upon nothing but what they hear what they think what they see in you know these talk shows during the day of knuckleheaded people so affirm these things constantly and it means to speak confidently as well speak constantly but also speak confidently assured of the truth so why? Why do we affirm these things? Because this is the truth, you guys. What you have in your hands is the truth. And I don't care what the scholars have come, You know, the scholars of the age who, who tear apart God's Word, and before you know it, they've taken out everything that Jesus said, taken out everything that Paul said, taken about, and all you've got left is periods. Well, yeah, we, we know those things are in there. And the scholars, in their intellect begin to dictate, and I, and I have a Bible that actually has a lot of of the newer scholarship in it. Bugs me. I wish it wasn't there, because even right here in our passage, chapter 2, verse 7, the NU text omits incorruptibility. Well, the NU, what is it? Who is the NU? <laughs> Some of it is correct, but most of it is just because these scholars all got together, and they think that they know more than what... The Holy Spirit knows in putting this all together in His Word, because it's the truth. Number two, because this is what we believe. That we are to hold fast to what you believe. Don't let the devil come in with the lies. Don't let him come and try and think you make you stumble. You you know the Mormons come to your door. The Jehovah Witness come to your door. And before you know, it, you're like, wait a minute here. Who is Jesus? He's got a brother. And you come to the church, or, wait a minute, you start Googling before you know it. Yeah, Jesus, he didn't have any of you. He had, oh, it just goes on and on and on. This is the truth. This is what we believe. And also because this is discipleship. I love this idea, you guys. This is what we teach others. This is what we teach believers. This is what we are teaching here. We're discipling. Titus was charged with discipling basically the whole island. Remember, he was to go appoint elders in every church all over the place. What a task this man had. And, and the, the serious thing about it, guys, is that God's word is not complicated. It's not, it's not written in such a way that, that we can't figure it out. Because when you read God's word, it tells you that really, ultimately, all you need is who to help you interpret the Bible. The, the Word says that. Not that we don't come to church. Not that we don't listen. Not that we send under study. Not that you don't read yourself and become a Berean. Absolutely. But it's the Holy Spirit that's confirming these things. It's not complicated. It's meant to be read, understood, and obeyed. Simple as that. Yes, there's stuff in there that's like, what in the world is that all about? You know what? I'll leave it to the Lord. He'll give it to me maybe before I die. This is what we hold fast to, you guys. This is, this is how we maintain the good works. And then fourth, in this, this passage here, this verse, he says here, affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. What are the, what's this maintain good work stuff? Really, this shows that Paul believed that the doctrines of the gospel were able to lead people to holy living, And the good works here refer not only to acts of benevolence and kindness and such and charity, but also to all that is upright and good and leading to an honest and holy life for us. That's what God's word will do. That's what when we're in it. And these these good works that he's talking about here, it reminds us really what we've been saved for because we didn't get saved just to go to heaven. Now, that's a real good part of the deal. God didn't save us just for that. He saved us, that he would use us, that we'd be a part of his kingdom work here on earth so that others would get to heaven. And this is what part of these these good works are all about. See, faith alone saves, but listen to this, but the faith that saves is not alone. Follow me on that? Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. Meaning, as you understand, that when I get saved by faith, that salvation is revealed and confirmed, and there's proof and evidence by what I do with that salvation. And the fact that we are saved by grace, guys, does not excuse us from maintaining good works. And he says here though, we must be careful Whoops! be careful. Of course, we know what the word careful means, but I wrote down two things. One, to be thoughtful. Be thoughtful. Be careful. Why? People are watching you and me. And that's been lost in Christianity as far as I'm concerned. They're looking to see if we have good works. You best rest assured that if you're the Christian at work, they know it. Whether you've said anything or not, there's... People know these things, and they're watching you like a hawk. They're watching. They're looking for the good works. They're looking to see works that speak of a relationship with Jesus. Even though they don't believe in it, they could care less. Many of you mention you're that Christian. You know it. You know it. They're watching every P and Q. They're watching what's coming out of your mouth. You're talking trash just like them. You're looking at the girls just like them? You're drinking the beers just like them? No. Man, be thoughtful. We need to wear Jesus well, you guys. We need to wear Jesus well. We need to, we need to be those that, that people can see him. They can see him in, in our actions, in, in, in our lives. Not that we're ever going to be perfect, but, but there's, there's a desire for that. So to be thoughtful, but also, number two, to be mindful. Why? We're thoughtful, but we're mindful. We're mindful to be aware that the devil, you guys, is and will try to trip you up. Be careful. Be careful out there. He's just sitting back. He's watching. He's baiting you. And, of course, ultimately, his plan is to get you to stumble and to stumble big time In front of who? In front of the non-believer, in front of the people who know you're a Christian. But also to blow your witness that others are going to question Christianity because of what you've done. And that's the sad thing within the church. They see the church as a mess. They see the church fighting. They see the church dividing. It's crazy what's going on. Be mindful, you guys. And, And to have a desire to maintain good works. This, guys, this will keep you from sin. You got a desire, you know what, I wanna walk right. I wanna do what God wants me to do. That desire's in my heart. Not that, like I said, you're never gonna be perfect, but it's sure gonna help. You know what, I don't wanna look at that, man. I I don't wanna say that word. I don't wanna act that way. I don't wanna treat my kids that way. I don't wanna yell at my wife. No, I'm not gonna fall for those traps, no. I wanna maintain good works. You have that desire. See, these things, Paul says, these things are good and profitable to men. See, when in obedience to his word, we follow these instructions, man, it's not only good for us. Guys, there is blessings for obedience, but it's also good for the non-believer who sees Jesus in me and you. If you're at work right now and you're freaking out about this whole coronavirus thing and you got that big bottle jug around your neck, and you walk around pumping it every two seconds, pumping, 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 it. You're just as fearful as the rest. Not that we're going to be stupid about it, but you know what? I'm not going to walk around. I'll tell you right now. If you're supposed to die from the coronavirus, and that's all part of God's sovereign plan, who knows, in Psalm 139, verse 16, who knows every single one of the days of your life before one was even written in his book, if that's the plan, Bring it. You're going to heaven. I mean, Anybody got coronavirus? Come here. Infect me, man. I'm out of here. I'm ready. Anybody ready for heaven? Let's go. Maintain good works. Okay. So there's some interpretation, but now the application factor, the reminders. The reminders, guys. So for me, in our verse, we have the reminder now of how to walk. How to walk. These things. Look at verse 6 through 9, chapter 1. I love this. How to walk, guys? How are we supposed to walk? Starts with a B, blameless. Verse 6, of course, this is the instruction from Paul to Titus. Point elders. What kind of elders? If a man is blameless, the qualifications, blameless. No accusation can come against you or me. The husband of one wife, not that you've never been divorced, whatever, it's, remember we talked about this, you have your eyes on only one woman. You're not a playboy, you're not a flirt, you're not checking out every single girl that walks around while you're standing there with your wife. You know, you're the husband of one wife. And then having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. we talked about that as well you trained them up, you raised them up, you did your best, and then they made their own choices, but you tried. For a bishop must be blameless. Here it is. Not a steward of God, as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine. This church, not given to wine at all. That's where we're at with it. Not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable. A lover what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught. These reminders on how to walk. Blameless. means no one can bring his accusation, an accusation. That's the goal, that's the standard. That's the aim for living, you guys. The desire that comes from grace as a response to God's grace. I was reading just this morning, Proverbs 11.20. Just this morning. Isn't that cool? says, the blameless in their ways are his delight. Proverbs 11.20. Love that. It brings Jesus joy, you guys, when we walk blameless. So it's a reminder how to walk. Number two, a reminder of how to witness. How to witness. Witness, of course, means one that gives testimony. And then chapter two, it's all about that. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men we be sober, clear-headed, not given to extremes, reverent, respectful, temperate, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and patience. Then of course the older women likewise, same thing, that they be reverent, not gossipers, not given to much wine teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers. You know what? You read that passage of Scripture to women of the world today, and what are you going to be accused of? You're a misogynist. You're a chauvinist. I was talking to somebody the other day, and... I forgot where it was, but he literally he'd opened the door for a younger girl, millennial age. Just just railed him. I'm serious. I don't need your help opening the door. You chauvinist. Well, <laughs> anyhow, this is the proper way to teach these young girls, these young women. To be chaste, pure, homemakers, good, obedient. Here it is. Why? Read it with me. That the word of God may not be blasphemed. Here it is, you guys, the witness. When we don't follow these things, these things, God's word is blasphemed. He is blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young man to be sober-minded, in control. Titus, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern. Be the pattern of good works. Doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That sound speech speaking of the teaching, the truth of God's word properly. But let's, let's take it a step further, guys, as we did the last time we were in this passage. How is your sound speech? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Is there so much slang you might as well just be saying the cuss word? Do people hear these things? And don't get me wrong, I understand how hard it must be to work in the world and not get caught up in the language of the world. I am thankful that I don't have to work around that trash. We don't use those words here. I'd probably lose my job if I did. (laughs) But you do, you work in there. And it's an act of self control, dying to your flesh, and denying yourself when. You get caught up, and it is what it is. Sound speech. Man. And then, moving on, all the way to verse 10, really, the the exhortation for the bondservants. Remember, we talked about this in the context of being workers, employees, obedient to their masters, well pleasing in all things, not answering back, not being smart out, not stealing but showing all good fidelity, honesty. Why? That they may adorn the doctrine. Paul's telling Titus to teach them these things, that they, those who he's teaching, may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things, meaning making God attractive. People see in us a God of love, a God of grace, a God of power, a God of holiness, a God who can take and transform a life and make a person attractive, brand new. They see that, and it's, a, it's wow. It's attractive. Drawing people. In chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, remind them to be subject to rulers. Remember, we talked about this in authorities. Ah, tough one, especially with those in authority that are running things in our lives. To obey to be ready for every good work as a witness, to speak evil of no one. Man, that's been such a challenge. <laughs> it's, it's such when you're watching the news, it's like, I have, well, not going to speak evil of no one. To be peaceable, gentle, and here it is. As a witness, guys, showing all humility to all men. Wow. Why humility? Why, has, why does it have to be humility, Jesus? Because that's what he was all about. Hallmark of Jesus. Evidence and proof of salvation, you guys. People need to see. Our lives need to be a witness. And people need to see us as a testimony of Jesus. And evidence and proof on how we conduct ourselves. And guys, I wrote this down. The time, of the, or the time for the hypocritical Christian has got to come to an end. It's over, you guys with what's at stake and what is happening in the world, and what we see taking place, these last days, these end-time scenarios that is just right before our very eyes. Man, the hypocrisy in the church has got to stop. And, and for me, one, one situation, you know, the whole thing that happened with Patrick Mahomes, you guys know who he is, quarterback for Kansas City. I mean, before the Super Bowl and everything, you, you, you know, there was all kinds of stuff. You could find all kinds of things about his Christianity. Preaching and this, I was like, oh, that's great. Oh, I actually, man, I'm, honestly, I was a Kansas City fan because of that. Because of, this is God's team in my mind. San Francisco, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so anyhow, so I'm, I'm, I'm watching the news and checking things out, and, and I see Mahomes there at the big party, now I understand he's a kid. Don't get me wrong, just a kid, but still. He's he's pounding down beers. People, the news, with the rest of the guys? What kind of witness is that? And then you may hear about the story about his girlfriend. That, of course, she becomes famous because he's famous, but she was being mocked through social media, of course, which she's not quite good looking enough for this guy. Especially now that he's Super Bowl MVP champ and all this. So she gets so what is what does she do? And I'm assuming that, of course, she's a Christian just like him, right? Natural to assume if you're strong in faith. So what does she do to response? Ha, I'll show you all that I am just as pretty enough for him. And also I'll show you the body that I that, that to, to match. And she's taking pictures of herself Half naked and flashing all over social media, pictures of her in the gym working out. She got, you know, and I'm thinking, to me personally, now of course I'm judging, but I'm just looking at the fruit on it and going, that's not a good witness because you're telling people all about Jesus and Jesus, 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 and yet you're down in beers for the world to see, and your girlfriend is so insecure about who she is. She's got to flash her body all over the social media. Am, am I right here, guys? That to me, think. Like, wait a minute. We need to pray for the kid. We need to pray for the kid. Don't get me wrong. Because if he's in this place right now, and his, his notoriety, his fame, and his so-called witness, and now the amount of money this boy's going to be making here in the next few years it's over with. The devil's going to chew him up and spit him out, just like he does so many of the Christian, so-called Christian athletes. So a reminder of how to witness, you guys. Hypocrisy has got to stop. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to be a witness, to walk properly. And thirdly, lastly, a reminder of why we worship. How to walk, how to witness, and why, guys. Why we worship And of course, looking at chapter two, verse 11 through 14 and chapter three, verse four through seven, two of the most incredible passages of scripture that I believe you can read when it comes to the story of salvation and what God did in Christ and what he gave us and just, it's it's spiritual poetry to me. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's wonderful. When you read this, this is why we worship you guys. Chapter 2, verse 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Do you guys understand that the most important thing that could have happened to you in your life, Psalm 32, verse 1, blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is covered. That's the most important thing that could happen to you in your life, guys. It's it. That's the most important thing because that's where salvation comes from. And if you're not saved, game over, dudes. Game over. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And what did that grace do? It teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. this is how we should live. We live soberly, clear-headed, calm, righteously, And godly in the present age, what we're living in right now, looking for what, guys? The blessed hope. The blessed hope. Not the hope like you're going to win the lottery. The hope as an assured fact and promise from God. The blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Christ, Jesus. He's coming back, you guys. He's coming back. We have this hope. He came to save, and he's coming to, how should we say it? Kick teeth and take some names, brothers. He's going to shake it up, but he's coming back. He's coming back for us. He's coming back in the rapture. Boom, we're out of here, and then the tribulation, as we know, and then he's coming back at the end of the tribulation. It's going to be amazing. He's going to clean the slate the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, who gave himself for us, that he might do what? He might redeem us. He might, he might buy us back, redeemed from every lawless deed, you guys. That sin of yours and mine that has been forgiven once for all. And to purify himself his own special people for himself, his own special people, me and you, who, in response, we should be zealous for these good works we're talking about, these good works that we're going to be careful to maintain. That's why we worship. And then verse 4 chapter 3, here again. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Now you think about this. Paul was alive when Jesus appeared. He was, he was there. And isn't it is kind of a trippy to think about that? We, we look at this and go, appeared? What do you mean, appeared? No, he, he, he came on the scene while Paul was alive. Think of those that were there that when Jesus came on the scene, when he, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, and he come up out of the water, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. Then he goes into the desert, 40 days to be tempted. He comes out of that after kicking teeth and taking names of the devil... And then his ministry starts, and they see, here he is. And he picks the disciples, and the ministry begins, and people start getting saved. And, of course, we know with all that, Jesus, of course, goes to the cross. He dies. He's raised from the dead. He goes to heaven. And then the disciples that continue on in the book of Acts is where Paul comes into the story. But Paul was there through that whole thing. Who knows if he could have been one of the Pharisees there when the trial was all happening. Crazy to think about all that, but he was there. When the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared. When you appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. He couldn't have done anything, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration, of being born again, changed completely, And the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become, here it is, guys, amazing heirs, children of God, according to the hope again of eternal life. Brothers, we're going to heaven. This is a faithful saying. This is why we worship, guys. This is why we maintain good works. These are the reminders that we need to ask God to show us every single day in his word, to remind us. When we come to these passages of scripture, that you are saved, you are going to heaven. And and this isn't some big joke. And God is on the throne, and he's ruling, he's reigning, no matter what the world is doing. And we have the answer. We know the truth. We know the love of Jesus Christ. And people got to see that in us. Some way, Somehow, guys, this is what Paul said. These things I want you to affirm constantly. And that's what we got to do, guys. Reminding ourselves. Because every man, every day, being reminded of God and his word. So cool. We got it right here. Filling us, strengthening us, encouraging us, calming us, giving us peace. Even in the midst of the storm. All you millionaires out there that lost millions in the stock market, I'm sorry. You know, if you beat us like us poor guys, you don't even worry about it. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Amen. Let's stand, brothers. (laughs) Father, we are so thankful for your word. Where would we be without it? Lord, I pray you would help us to continue to walk in it, to learn from it, to grow in your grace and your knowledge And for my brothers that are here tonight, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would take any fear away from their hearts. You would calm them, Lord, even in this situation with the finances. This is real stuff. And yet, Lord, again, remind us that our inheritance is with you in heaven. Everything on this earth will burn, will be gone, will be left behind. So, Lord, we just got to trust in you with all of our hearts leaning not on our own understanding, acknowledging you in all things, and God, you will direct our paths. So, Lord, bless them in their time of discussion and group and courage. Build them up because, Lord, you are coming back. We see the signs of the times. It is so clear, Lord. May it be tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's men said, Amen. 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 All right, brothers.